Okay. How surprised and shocked would you be if I have just revealed that I have bought and read all of Dune, just the first book, because let's not get crazy. Right. <laughs> um, I read an article once about one of the those people who have the, the memory loss and they kind of live the same day over and over again. And the husband talked about the amount of time it takes in the morning for him to convince his wife. There's a book of 50 first dates? It's a real life article about it. <laughs> oh, That's he was a, reading real life stuff. Oh, and every morning it takes him about two or three hours or sometimes longer, sometimes shorter to convince her that she's lived, she, she has this memory problem that she's been living like this and he needs to update her on all this stuff. Like we have kids, this yeah. has happened. That's how. That's what it would be like for you to try to convince me that you have actually read all of Dune. <laughs> right, but what if I had a lot of information about space worms? I think you probably read a Wikipedia article, maybe, or just might have making it up because I don't know Dune that well. Or you watched that episode of SpongeBob with the Arctic worm. That's yeah. worm <laughs> sign. <laughs> it's a good Albino episode. worm, right? Um, no, it's a worm. Worm sign. Worm sign. I love that joke. <laughs> S for SpongeBob. S for Sandy. You'd know if you saw it. Nope. Never gonna You happen. would know if you saw it. That's not a lie. No, no, I would have blocked it out if I had watched it. <laughs> Another visual gag performed by Zach. Zach I shot was... lightning from his fingers. Close. But a little more cool. What? I picked up her water bottle and was going to squeeze it in her face. <laughs> that is way cooler than lightning fingers. Many people have said that I am cool. I think you're cool. The new really? mutant. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? Why do you have to make it terrible? <laughs> I can't take a compliment, okay? I think you're cool. I think you're handsome. I think you're smart. Do you think I have rock solid abs? <laughs> I think probably somewhere in there you do. <laughs> uh, I'd love to see him one day. Uh, are you planning boy. to steal my copy of Sad Cypress? You like surreptitiously placed it on top of yours. I'm gonna She'll make never a, notice. I'm going to make an oath. Uh... You're just super cool. I mean, I love the new copy that they have, like the mm-hmm. official copy with the roses and the and the birds. But um, and the birds. I love old cop. Like, if money was no object and I had the space for it, I would just buy a bunch of different copies of Agatha Christie books because I'm sure I'll keep reading them a long time. And the just editions, be, the different editions, the aesthetics. It's a stupid thing to do, but I would collect them like that, not just like oh, I need every book. Like, I would keep collecting the different editions that I like. Thankfully, I have help. <laughs> um, I've seeked counsel, the, and uh, someone in my life who stops me when I reach for them, and I say, "They say, uh, do we have that one?" And I'll go, <laughs> "Yeah, have you read it? A couple, couple times." And, uh, and then she's like, "Well, you can get it if you want." And I'm like, "There's no room on my bookshelf. There's literally no room. I'm doubling up now, and I need to just get rid of some, especially like the advanced readers' copies. Like, especially when I read one, I don't like it. Like, why did I keep it?" Yeah. I, and I should not be buying more than one book of something I already have because I have I don't have a library. That's when it's a real issue when mm-hmm. there's just stacks of books all around the house and I look like a cr- do you, crazy. You have Dune. <laughs> I do have Dune. I have a copy of Dune. You want Dune. it? You want to borrow it? Um, you were supposed to buy me a copy of Dune, but yet you buy yourself a copy of Dune. I think that was before that. <laughs> like I believe that I will buy you a copy of Dune the next time we go into McKay's together. I promise. All right, we'll make that a solid blood oath. Now you give me your thumbs. Are you, you going to read Both it? of them. I want both of your thumbs. Are you, are you going to go watch Dune with me? Me and Josh had a bet, and I won the bet. And the, and the I don't think that's how it went. I think it was. I think it was like, do you think, like, would you buy me all of Dune if I can blah? And it was like, 
hold your breath five seconds or something. No, I just it was said, not bad. I think I remember I was looking at books and, and not really listening to what you were saying. I was like, yeah, sure. And he giggled, ran away, and came back with the entire Dune collection, which you have no intentions of reading. No, that was... <laughs> I asked him if he wanted to go see the new movie, but he was like, I don't know, maybe. Well, I haven't read the book yet. <laughs> Neither have I. That makes you a bad fan. I mean, how many Agatha Christie uh, books have you read that you said you wish you had read the book first? That's true. <laughs> well, I, I know what you mean. But yeah, yeah, true. yeah. Say that. I, I hate it when I read the book and it spoils. The I book really, for I, me. I know. I really want to read the book before it is just, like I have such problem getting into those first few chapters. They, he throws so much information at me all at once. It it's a big investment. Yeah, and I want to do time it. and brain space. I even picked up the graphic novel. Uh, at the bookstore, uh-huh. and was like, okay, this will help, like, this will be the key, this will help me get into it, because I'll understand who these people are, and where they are. I'm even more confused now. <laughs> and a customer came up to me and told me this book is the best. They also liked the old David Lynch movie, which I feel like what I've seen of it can't be trusted. <laughs> I was a big more, source of contention. I was more confused than I've ever been in my life. By that movie? Yes. <laughs> what about Howl's Moving Castle? The thing is, is that I could at least enjoy what Howl's Moving Castle looks like. True, Dune doesn't look very good. Yeah, I watched Where was, But there were no seven identical young boys. That's true. Not in Dune, not as far as I'd seen. There could be later on. You ever seen Howl's Moving Castle? No. Um, if you ever want to feel like you're high as a kite, but you don't want to be high as a kite, <laughs> okay. watch Howl's Moving Castle. Okay. The ending is baffling. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are seven identical young boys just <laughs> introduced with no backstory. Just in a scene, and then it's, n- it's never brought up, mm-hmm. it's never talked about, everyone just accepted it as, as a fact. Okay. We were talking about that today, how a lot of the Studio Ghibli movies, they don't have much of a plot, they don't follow, obviously, our, in this culture, our expectations of what a plot follows, it's just kind mm-hmm. of a series of images Mm-hmm. And so what, usually you're saying, like, oh, this is the villain, right? This is the hero. And then when you get to the end, you're like, seven identical? Big-headed ladies? And what? There's a <laughs> scarecrow that's was just, like, kind of hanging around. Then he ends up being integral to the plot. Oh, yeah. And then, which is the ending of the movie. I'm right, really impressed by your back. word usage today. Baffling, integral, those are, this is good stuff. Thank you. I've been reading a thesaurus. And doing poetry. You can read a thesaurus, poetry. but not do well, Dune's too thick and dense. Honestly. <laughs> They're throwing too much at me. But you once. want me to buy it for you. The whole series. I need it on my shelf. Do you need the books that weren't written by the original guy? No. So only like there's only three, right? It's Dune, Dune I... Messiah, and Dune First Blood. I don't know what they're Dune <laughs> Prophecy or something. It's Dune Dune Messiah. I genuinely don't know. I and think I, get I only Dune read two, the first the one. Dune-ing. I think it's Dune's Dune Where's My Car? <laughs> We're actually not here to talk about Dune, shockingly enough. Maybe you're not. Zach is here for that. I'm here for Dune. We're not even talking about a Agatha Christie book. Well, this is Don't You the, the Agatha Christie podcast where we analyze our books one by one. Not this week, but I am Josh. <laughs> you're not Josh this week? I'm not Josh this week. This week I'm Jorge. <laughs> Hola. And I'm not sure that I'm Paloma. I'm still Zach. <laughs> he never changes. Guys. No. I've never once been a character on this show. Not once. Nope. Not a grandma. Grandma Seesaw. <laughs> no, that wasn't me. That was Grandma Seesaw. I've never once been a Spanish man named uh, Edouard. No. Oh. Ernesto. Ar- no. No. That was a different character than you know. <laughs> uh, Ricardo? No. That sounds right. 
It's uh, Ricardo. Is it Ricardo? Rob B. I don't remember. Uh, Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> uh, <laughs> never been Wreck-It Ralph? I think we retired that character for a reason. <laughs> Randall. <laughs> Not him again. Yeah. Not Randall's Always Randall. So if we're not reading an Agatha Christie book this week, or we're talking about it, what are we talking we're about? Not, we didn't read a book by Agatha Christie. We read a book about Agatha Christie to fulfill the dream that this podcast will never end because we're only halfway. <laughs> we're literally halfway through her body of work. We've now introduced books not by her. But about her. We'll be doing this for the rest of our lives, so you better find new ways to make Black Apple. <laughs> Zach's like, oh man. I have new I have new assignments planned for the for the future too. Not this one though. It's not gonna be the same. No, not not for this episode. Because you're gonna be in the game and you're gonna have a great time. Okay. Can I play the game? <laughs> we skip ahead. <laughs> can I start can I read what it's about now? I, can so give I, you can assignment. I had an idea for an assignment, but I thought you might not do it. Alright, I'll do it. Okay. So this book is essays about Agatha Christie. Okay, so you're going to need to write an essay for us. About? Well, you can write an essay about Agatha Christie and what information is gathered from this podcast. That's none. <laughs> She's a girl? Why don't, you, why don't you write an essay but make up your own history of Agatha Christie and her books? The history according to Zach and make it as exciting as you want to be. All right. Okay, so but let me phrase that like that was the first idea. Okay. Write an essay from your fictional imagination sphere. I ruined it this time too. About Fictional Agatha Christie imagination from your point of view. You from my can, point of view, you can recreate history. You can rewrite time, and that is the absolute first time that we've tried doing that sentence. Okay, I'll do it for you. Thank you, Zach, and for Dune. So, <laughs> and I'll buy you Dune. Yep. Yes. So this uh, book was originally compiled in the 1970s after uh, her death, correct? Right, which was 75. Yeah, I thought it was around five or six. Um, and a new edition came out uh, because uh, for this new year, and uh, Sophie Hanna, who writes the current um, incarnations of the Poirot books, um, she she included her own forward, which we'll talk about. And well, of course, we're going to talk about Sophie Hanna's well, books this soon. Twenty twenty one edition. You think we should save all of Sophie Hanna's books for the end, or should we like mingle them in there? Because I think it'd be kind of cool to have them. You don't want to like end on Sophie Hanna. You know, you want to end on Christie. Yeah, I, I guess it doesn't matter because it's not like they're in. They're not chronological, not chronological order. order. It would kind of be like a bonus episode because it's not about Christie anyway. Kind of like this. Was. But then when we get to the end of Christie, what are we going to do? We'll be done. <laughs> but that'll never, I doubt that'll ever happen. We're only halfway through and we're introducing outside sources. We're 35, we are 35 books in and on my schedule, we have 94 to do. So we're not even halfway through. But that includes but that does include, Sophie Hannah's books. But those are only four. And then we have the new Miss Marple book coming out. But okay. So 89 Christie books. Okay. So we're not even halfway through. Okay. Well, you're the one who said we were halfway through. Well, I lied. I think we were halfway <laughs> through her canon Somehow. I don't remember how I thought that. I don't know. <laughs> and some graph that I made up in my imagination with okay. numbers that aren't real. We're halfway through. Okay. I I have no preference as to where we talk about Sophie Hannah's books. That's kind of you. So. Well, we'll discuss it off the podcast. It was a poor time to bring it up, and I apologize. Sure. Yeah. So this, uh, and each... Um, 
essay is written by uh, a different author uh, talking about some aspect of Christie. I didn't know a whole lot of these authors. I don't think I knew any, and I could have taken the time to look them up, but most of them I disagreed with them entirely, so I didn't care what they thought. I knew H.R.F. Keating. Okay. Keating. 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 But I knew his name. Keaton. I hadn't, <laughs> I hadn't read uh, any of his, of his work. Uh, so I think I would have preferred a modern collection, but I mean, we're not judging it based on the fact that it was written in the 70s. That's not a good criticism. Like, this would be better if they wrote it now. <laughs> it was kind of fun for them to describe... Like how universal Christie was, and like people taking their books on airplanes. Right, that was, and um, that was. I the, mean, people still do that, but like there was no, like the internet didn't exist and stuff like that. That was really fun. That was the coolest chapter, I think, because the statistics of how popular Christie was of that decade. I wanted it to be true now, and she still is popular. She's still the best-selling author of all that mm -hmm. time. But since she had made, like we talked about last week, a sensation by having a book every year that they could just expect a Christie around Christmas time. It was that they had these huge, big um, um, numbers of people that would be percentages. That's what I meant. Of yeah. people who would be carrying a Christie, the likelihood of carrying a Christie on an airplane, just because everybody, when that book came out, they're like, we're going to go get the new Christie book. Yep. Which is so cool. I wish we had Yeah. That. And like, oh, perfect excuse to uh, read the new Christie. Perfect excuse to get on an airplane. <laughs> yeah. That's probably the way that it went. It was easier to smuggle a Christie book on an airplane back then. <laughs> Why would you need to smuggle them? <laughs> well, they're... I don't know. Okay. Joke. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess a poorly worded one. <laughs> I don't know. Farts? <laughs> <laughs> that always gets the laughs. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, so this is basically people expressing their opinions on Christie, her work, her style, right? Uh, and and some very statistical things, like you just mentioned, like percentages of how many languages her work had been mm -hmm. translated into, how many people had read it, things like that. Some people like um, picking up. Some people focus like, oh, I'm just going to write an essay on her place. Yeah. I'm going to focus just on the character Poirot, just the character of Miss Marple. Uh, people... One of them was about the movies. One of them right. was about... One of them at the end, I felt like, was... I don't know if you want to say filler, or like, I wonder if these people got assigned what Sometimes they should I, talk about, or if like these people are like, oh, this is the thing, the really passionate thing that I want to talk about, about Christy, and it's like, oh, that was a weird choice, but yeah. did they get handed that or draw it out of a hat? Like, you have to write about, you know, the or animals in Christy, <laughs> yeah. Sorry that I... I begin to interrupt you there i'm trying ah, um personal best i just got too excited because i agreed with what you said and that's usually what happens um <laughs> now i forgot what it was uh, oh i some of them when i got the really well worded ones you know like a school essay you could tell what the subject of it was when you got away from it mm -hmm. and there were some where they just were like oh i'm gonna write about agatha christie and i came away from it thinking that was not an essay no some of them it was so totally about them like, it was yeah. just, like, oh, I'm being included in this, so let's talk about me. And to to be fair, I know that I, I love Agatha Christie's actor. How would you spell sinister? How would I spell it? <laughs> yeah. S-I-N-I-S-T-E-R? I think so. so if only Marlene That's how it. I would spell it. Um, to be fair, yeah, I, I love Agatha Christie. I'm, I'm very obsessed with her. She's not someone that I can't hear criticism for. Like, when I hear criti Christie criticism... A lot of the times I will be like, yeah, that's fair. Mm -hmm. Unless it's like, you know, something way... Like, there's a few things that 
if you criticize the Toy Story movies, I can't even comprehend that that opinion <laughs> is valid. I, I can't wrap my head around it. Somebody said the other day that Toy Story 4 didn't work because Woody was preaching loyalty to them, but in Toy Story 4, he left his friends. He made character growth and learned something new. But, um... All, all in Toy Story 4? All, he made character growth through the whole series, but Toy right, Story okay. 4 was a big change for all of the characters. Right, okay. he really he really preached about, uh... Uh, what did you say? <laughs> Loyalty. Loyalty. In the first one, when all the toys really liked Buzz more than Woody at that point. And he was like, you have to stick with what you know with me. But then, he became friends with Buzz, and they went on adventures. And, you know, he changed as a person, Woody as a le- toy. Woody learned something new in every movie, though. Because yeah. he is usually the obstacle. Because a lot of people hate, uh, when I hear criticism, is that they're hating his character. He is the obstacle in every movie, but by the end, he realizes... He's usually the guy stuck in his ways yeah. and then realizes, oh, there's this new way to do it. Well, he's an old-fashioned cowboy. He's an old-fashioned cowboy and Buzz is a spaceman. You should definitely and write Bo an Peep essay. has some sheep. Bo Peep does have some sheep. And the piggy bank has change. And the dinosaur has hands. I was going to say arms, actually, when I was going to bring them <laughs> up. So we were on the same wavelength. Right. Four Toy Story films, perfect movies. I don't know which one's best. I can't pick, and I always pick what's my favorite thing is of everything, but Toy Story is too good that I cannot, but probably three. I saw a meme the other day that was, um, when we get older, people stop asking us what our favorite dinosaur is, like they don't even care. It's like, oh man, oh, that explains life. What is life. my favorite dinosaur? That's, that's a good question. What is your favorite dinosaur? Probably the one that ate Newman. <laughs> no, that suck. <laughs> I just like that it ate Newman. <laughs> Um, <laughs> probably, probably those uh, big stompy boys. <laughs> no, those are the, the Star Wars things. The ads. No, <laughs> <laughs> not that one. Um, dinosaurs no, are real. Uh, They're not fictional characters. Okay, Triceratops. I'd, cool. I'd say that's what you thought of as stompy boys. Yeah. Okay. They stomp probably <laughs> pretty heavy. They probably stomped. Yeah, <laughs> we went to the museum together. And we saw them bones. Oh, we saw Same. the Bones. We went to the Bones Museum where they went through the Bones episodes one by one. Oh, right. that end, sounds like there was torture. A dinosaur. Are you kidding? You don't like Bones? I hate Bones. I've never seen it. You have Bones and you didn't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bones! Murder the Bones in my buddy. <laughs> anyway, I must, that I must continue my report. Uh, so, Triceratops, <laughs> what's your favorite dinosaur? Um, uh, I, I used to have one. Um... I like uh, Triceratops too. Uh, maybe original. <laughs> no, I'm just saying I like them too. I don't. Okay, okay. I, I don't. I've, I haven't thought about this in a long time. <laughs> can I have an answer for you by the end of the podcast? Sure. I'll forget. You can ask me what mine is. I'll just say the one that you're doing. What's yours favorite? What's yours? That's favorite? Uh, what was that one called? Dilophosaurus. <laughs> uh, Dilophosaurus. I like its yeah. name, and I like how it goes. <laughs> and I like that it eats human. <laughs> It ain't new I like yeah. the Punkasaurus. It's got a mohawk. I like Monkey Punk. <laughs> first things first. Never mind. He's got to write his essay. I got. This is due by the end of the school day. Okay, <laughs> by the end of the school year. This has a huge impact on his grade. And yeah. That's his new goal this for makes his up school year. Of my grade is to class. do his. Uh, is to do He's his. He's not going to get his scholarship if he doesn't get an A on the essay about Agatha Christie. He's making up. What is your favorite dinosaur, Charlotte? T Rex. Oh, that's a good. Yeah. A little cheap. I I know, but I, is okay. it because of Jurassic Park? No, I like. Do you like big T Rex or do you like baby T Rex better from Jurassic Park? <laughs> the one that like has its leg broken. 
Baby T Rex drove me crazy. I was like, stop whining. Man, it drove it me crazy a, too. I was like, ah, it had a bone broken. That's really cruel. It was hurt. I know, but it complained a lot. Like the Dilophosaurus ate. Oh, it takes one to no one. <laughs> I like I like raptors a lot. Like they they well, are the real stars. Raptors are fun, and I like that they were that in the first one. It was like oh everybody knows about T Rex, but it, I think it brought raptors to the fore of like oh these are so cool. Now everybody has this obsession okay. with them. Do you? But prefer... I sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I just I feel like the T Rex is always presented as it, it gives me I, I don't know the way it was designed in the Jurassic Park movies, but it's just like has like a dog-like feel to it. I don't know. It I, I just want to know. You're thinking of the T-Rex uh, skeleton from Night at the Museum. You're thinking of the T-Rex oh, from well, yeah. the Robinsons when it has the little hat. <laughs> but the raptor scenes I in love uh, that character. Jurassic Park 2 are the best part. Now, do you prefer the, the imagining yeah. dinosaurs as big lizards or like big birds that they say they are now? With feathers? Yeah. Do you prefer imagined dragons? To what? One Republic? He just said, imagine dinosaurs, so I just needed to say that. Okay. Well, it was a compulsion, and I don't need a response. Ignore me, please. <laughs> I do require a response. I have a really hard time picturing them with feathers. It's hard for me. I guess I'm just old school. And I feel like they were kind of like their own thing. Like, when you look at a, a crocodile. Right. It's like, okay, that's not a lizard, but it's definitely not a bird. It, it's a well it's lizard. Thing. Have you written, have you finished your your email to Steven Spielberg about remaking Jurassic Park that they all have feathers? I haven't. Uh, I'm currently on, uh, what is page nine. <laughs> the issue was that you decided to do it all in emoji, and so that's been a little difficult. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's hard to convey nine pages of emoji while also trying to uh, maintain, like, attention span. Especially when you give yourself a, a five limit with the cowboy emoji. You can only use it five times. Right. And you've already got to four. <laughs> um, that was on the that first paragraph. One. <laughs> and I know what you're thinking. How do you write paragraphs of solely emojis? Well, I saw an emoji have the other day that I'd never seen before, which was the one with like the fake glasses, the, the fake nose, fake mustache, fake glasses, mm-hmm. like the little thing. I'd never seen that one before. I saw the emoji movie in prison. <laughs> My brother was in jail. He's not anymore. So Agatha Christie. So disappointed. Uh, book about um, essays about weird. Agatha Christie, first lady of crime. <laughs> Josh looked up and like, make a mental note of where to cut that. Twenty three. <laughs> and uh, so first, let's talk about um, Sophie Hannah's forward to the book. Now, I think we each have our issues with Sophie Hannah. You yes. more so than me. I super appreciate that she's writing those books. Was she the like the wisest decision? Maybe not. Whenever I hear her interviews, I understand a little bit more. She's coming at Christy from a very, very, very specific angle. Sometimes that angle works. Case of Closed Casket, her second one. And when it doesn't work, it, it was one of my least favorite books of the year. And not just because it was a Christy book. It was it was horrendously written. <laughs> and I, I, somebody might be able to do it better. I don't agree that she was the best hands. But it certainly could be worse. I liked in this, in her introduction, how much love she has for Christy and how right. almost all of the things that she said, I agreed with. And I loved her um, like righteous indignation when people dismiss Christy. And right. she's like, wait a minute. No, no, you're not getting away with this. Let's, yeah, let's need, talk about this. Talk Explain about yourself. That. Oh, wait, you can't. <laughs> right. So the, yeah, that, that was such, it was just so well written too. She yeah. is a good writer. 
Uh, I think she's not as good a plotter as Christy. Oh, no, I don't think so either. And we talked about this with um, Anthony Horowitz in in, mm-hmm. in the bookstore. We talked about that. Yeah, off my <laughs> um, <laughs> That Anthony Horowitz was approached to write official yeah. um, James Bond and the Alex Ryder books, as well as the only person to be approached by the Conan Doyle estate to write new Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And we talked about how it seemed like he got a little bit, like, in his head. terrified, like, mm-hmm. like like a panic would set it. And how, you you know, it would. Right. Just like, oh my goodness, no, you can't. Please ask it's me impossible. to do something else simpler. But... You know, I honestly think Sherlock Holmes would be easier than Christie because, and this is the whole thing with Sophie Hannah, it's like someone making a song in the style of Led Zeppelin. Well, which one of Led Zeppelin's styles, yeah. you know? Yeah. Christy is so versatile that... She's done everything. Right. So, And Sophie Hanna is... I've heard her talk about this very specific angle is she loves the books where Christy creates a very unique motive and very unique psychology. One of the ones is after the funeral where you never would uh, expect somebody to kill for that reason, but she completely justifies it. And Christy mm-hmm. does that very well. I think Sophie Hanna does it well sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I was to come at... If I was asked to do that, the Christie book that I would write would probably be something like Cards on the Table, Sad Cypress, Super Simple, Small Cast. Mm-hmm. Somebody else might do something like Murder on the Orient Express, Death on the Nile, whichever one speaks to them the most. Right, think, which will be interesting to see what they do with the Marvel yeah, short stories. Yeah. Agreed. So, uh, it helps me with my criticisms of her to think, like, no matter who wrote these, there will always be drawbacks because it, it's a hard voice to emulate. Yes. Agreed. So I enjoyed Sophie Hanna's introduction yeah, very much. And then... the ba- Wait, I just wanted to say really quick what <laughs> happened in it that was really cool. She was on a board of people, um, writers talking about Christy, and someone said, we can all sort of agree that Christy isn't that good of a writer. She's a good plotter. Yeah. And then they went... She was last on the board, and every person, every person went through, and they were like, yeah, she wasn't that good of a writer. And then they talk about how well she did with plots. And Sophie Hanna said hang on a mo, I do not agree with you. And so as I was reading that, I, you hear critics say that sometimes too. And sometimes I've been like, well, is that true? Like, I love Christy, but is it true that she's not going to write? But when I read Sophie no, Hannah, yeah, no. she, it's, it's different writers. She talked about like different painters. Would I be mad at this painter because his painting didn't have a giraffe in it when it was a, a beautiful landscape? Didn't have square boys. Yeah. Do I want square boy? Do I want Leonardo to draw a square boy? He's I not- don't want anybody to draw a square boy. <laughs> I'm sick of the square boys. Right. And her point was that, and I love so much, she said, Agatha Christie didn't write simple prose because she was bad at writing and that was all that she could do. It was a choice that she made complicated things look simple yep. and she wanted her books to be uh, read by a, a wide audience. They're not really... I mean, I love Virginia Woolf, but when I sit down for a Virginia Woolf, I have to be like okay, this is going to take a lot of energy. And <laughs> yeah. there's something more special about I can read a Christie. It can be a beach read. It can be a light read, but it's also profound. It can also be deep. Not everything has to be super eloquent Faulkner, Virginia Woolf, no. Shakespeare. And, and why would you compare it, yeah, to, to like something like Dickens? Like It's not the same thing. It's a no. completely different and, genre. And Yeah, and why, why the comparison? Like, you can't say, okay, this is, air quotes, literature. It's like... Mm-hmm. Okay, if you want to be a snob about it, where did you get a pen? 
I give it back. I broke it. Oh, oh nice. I'm so nice. sorry. I wish I, I was a little afraid I'd look down at the pen and it would be like Charlotte's special pen <laughs> given to her by the Queen of England. And I just snapped off the clip. It was really her mistake to bring it out while we were around. <laughs> and to set it on a napkin. <laughs> I love that, yeah, that she said about, like, you know, people say our characters are flat. Or maybe that wasn't her, but somebody else that, you know, her characters have a dimension that we solve as the reader. Like, everything that she does that you might say, she does have problems with flat characters. Sometimes I have problem with her prose where she, she kind of misses the spot on the action. But she's not a bad writer. No, of uh, course not. Like, she is a very... Have you read sim- other people's work? Right. Like, to some things, it's like, oh, man. She's and I have to catch writer. myself with that, yeah. Um, yeah, Sophie Hannah called it beautifully simple. Yeah, I agree. I love that. Yeah. And I find myself having to go in the other direction with that, remind myself not to compare everyone that I read to Christy. Mm-hmm. Like, well, Christy would have done this or that. <laughs> because it's, it's not fair. it's not all the same thing. Yeah. So that it isn't fair that people <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> I broke that. that. I don't care. And, and mystery, it's not my pen. Mystery so. is its own genre that, you know, can have things be unrealistic but fit within the genre. Mm-hmm. It's just different than straight fiction would be and mm-hmm. how it carries a plot. Like So anyway, <laughs> I love that. Uh, I don't think we have time to necessarily zoom in on every essay. No, and I don't, I don't think we need to, because there was one near the end that was just like, um, somebody, that's why I wondered, like, did they get these assignments and somebody was like, well, how am I going to write about this? They right. wrote about music in Agatha Christie and yeah, like the portrayal of stretch. artists and stuff. And it was, she was right about like artists are usually portrayed as people that you can't trust and really right. dysfunctional and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah, which was, which was funny <laughs> because she never did like, it was like, oh, the artists, like, oh, great, right. here they are. They're usually not everybody's by, day. Usually not by the narrator, but usually by how the characters react yes. to them. Which yeah, is exactly. true, like back in the 30s, oh, he's the painter. It's not yeah. a real job. Yeah, it was. Long hair, barefoot, like it definitely right. had a, a prejudice not against it. Long hair, freaky people need that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sign, sign, sign. We should wear a different place of the song. That's fine. I like the hat part. Locking at the scenery, breaking my mind. Do this, don't do that. Can you read the signs? Yeah. Go on. No, I, I'm sorry that I was talking. I apologize. I'm lightning. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you with five man electrical man. It's okay. I, I, that, that, that's all I had to say about that. Okay, gotcha. Um, you would think that a book, uh, essays about a writer, like if you were to pick up a book about Jane Austen, you would think that everybody would be pretty positive about the writer they were talking about. But there are a few people in this book who don't seem like they like Agatha Christie all that much. I think that those were the ones who really wanted to talk about themselves. Yeah, th- those ones were more like they talked about it more in relation to them than, you know, just as look at this phenomenon. Um, the one that talked about her plays was super, super fascinating. I, and I agree with everything that they said. Mm-hmm. Uh, people made criticisms of her books, her plays, and most of the time I would agree. Uh, they talked about some of her weaker plays and talked about why she was successful with some and why not with others. That was an interesting exploration. Uh, but I talked about this last week. The guy who was like, uh, she made this experiment with Death Comes as the End, but uh, failed miserably. As we know, that was all a flaw. And it's like, why me? do you get to decide that? A, and B, I don't agree. I love that book. Or another person who said, it was the same guy, I think, who was like, and I know you don't like this book, but it was somebody like, oh, she focuses too much on plot here. Not enough on character here. He's like, on the hollow, she focuses too much on character and the plot stinks. And I'm like, I don't agree. I love the plot of the hollow because I love the the simple books. Mm. And 
you know, the people who know how to write a, a critical essay knew how to write this might be some of the book's failings, but some of the people were just like, this book stinks, move on. And yeah. like, we all think this one's this one was a failure in doing what she wanted to do. And it's like, yeah, and if it was supposed to be, and maybe it wasn't supposed to be a tribute, but the fact that she had recently died, it, it felt like some people were like, oh, now I've been given a vehicle on which to like nitpick her books. It's like, why did you feel the need to do that? Unless right. you were threatened by her, which is it was, what I think. And I don't, I don't mind having nitpicks of their books. I like having a deep analysis. It's just whenever it wasn't though. It was, it was, it was just, just like what you said. It's like, oh well, yeah, that well, was a flop. That why was would Woody leave us friends at the end of Toy Story Four um, <laughs> to be with Bo Peep? He learned something new. What do you want? He didn't need to be a toy anymore. The doll, Not a kid's the toy. doll wasn't bad. That was cool. I think this Remember was that? the same yeah. one that okay. that you were talking about. Um, it's called a Midas gift for the theater. Right. By, yeah, the one about the place. By I know about the Midas touch. J. C. Truen, whoever that is. Um, I'm saying she had a Midas touch when she wrote plays. I know about uh, Mikey, the yeah. uh, car place. Do you know about Mikey? No, they didn't. Well, changes. <laughs> so it was Pep Boys. Go ahead. Pet boys do everything. I else. loved what the, this author, whoever it was, I don't know them, uh, said about um, the Hollow. Said about the, the character who gets killed. Is yeah. that practically everyone wished to kill the man. The Hollow was like an armory bristling with weapons. Earnestly, we hoped that he would be shot, and once he was, the evening itself shot along cheerfully. Yeah, that's so. Great. I agree with that. It's not a criticism. It's yeah. I no, no, no. That was just the description. I think sometimes of the people criticize Christine, saying she failed because she did this. And a lot of the times I'm reading, I'm like, that was what she meant to do. She did it on purpose, She wanted yeah. you to hate that character. She wanted you to go away feeling sad. Yeah. Not, again, I, I'm Some okay with hearing criticism. Sometimes you just read it. it and it feels like yeah. you just kind of missed the point. It's okay for yeah. you not to like it, but that's a weird reason. Anyway, I don't want to sound like an I'm actually guy. Uh, I'm act- but I'm actually... Um, and I, I thought it was interesting how they talked about the critical reception of her books in this. How even books that, like, the public were undeniably in love with and like shot her name up. And a lot of the times the critics were pretty uh, stingy with, with mm. um, praise. So they go, like, oh, yeah, this another one is fine. Which have changed. They've changed their like tune for the masses. Yeah. Cause I like yeah. doing that for when we, when we do a, a book, I'll read the reviews. And most of the time for like a book that like, and then there were none or one there's, mostly positive and then there'll be somebody who is like the, the odd man out who just hates the book and then later on like orient express roger Ackroyd, you know it's all praise but at the time she wasn't necessarily getting that kind of reaction right and, and the book kind of attributed to some sexism and just uh looking down on the genre which i i don't know necessarily if the if the sexism is true but i mean it wouldn't shock me because they uh, the men wanted to make the rules in the detective mystery club and the rules were stupid yeah. and she wanted to break them. Right. Because they were stupid and mystery books now don't follow those stupid rules that Raymond Chandler or um, Van Dyne set up. Can you and imagine where we would be? Like, I, I'm sure someone eventually would have come along and maybe Zach's essay will explore this. Someone would have, <laughs> sure will. Someone would have come along that <laughs> did finally break barriers, but I don't think she gets enough credit for what by she. the people who are critical of her of like what she has done. Yeah, if if no one was to break the rules, and I agree, someone would have eventually. We would be reading the same ten books over and over again. Right. The rules. But she just kept breaking them. And I'm not saying rules as in like, oh, the rules. No, the, the, ex- rules. the expectations. But they were literally rules. They literally had a Ten Commandments of how to write a mystery <laughs> book. Uh, 
they had an article on, on the Agatha Christie website, I'm, I'm sure you could find it, where they showed you the rules that the detective fiction group had written. I can't remember who the writer was. Someone that you can't find their books in a bookstore now. <laughs> and she was like, nope, it was it. Yeah, it was. You can't have multiple murders. You cannot have love interests. You can't, the narrator cannot do it. Uh-huh. it. It was a long list of things that Christy kind of, I feel like she had framed on her wall and was like, uh, check, 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 and broke yeah. every one of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> stick it to the man. <laughs> if we were to follow these ten books, I mean... You would have the same book over and over and I over I love again. the character Sherlock Holmes, but they're not that interesting to read sometimes. Same with uh, authors of that time. They now, don't have a lot of depth or layers to it. Sherlock Holmes was, was predictable. In but the, that was but at the it, it also had to be... Well, because... And also, have you read the novels? Right, Totally right. different story. Right. If we're Basker talking about Bill. the short stories, he wrote them for yeah. magazines, so right. they had to be self-contained in these things. You knew he was always going to figure it out. Um, but they all had to follow the same thing. Yeah, yeah I agree. But, like, his novels, The Valley of Fear mm-hmm. changed my brain. Have you ever read The Valley of Fear? I have not read that one, no. It's unbelievable. Like, mm-hmm. I had to keep checking that he was the one that actually wrote it. And Holmes isn't in it for very long. Oh, okay. But it just... Wow. Yeah. This crazy book. I don't crazy really... Book. I want to read that one. It's Sign of the Four that I haven't been able to get through. Um, which is one of the novellas, like Study in Scarlet. Okay. And I, I agree with what you say completely. I don't really have a problem with him as a writer. I have a problem with the boys club after it that says, we need to do it just like this. Right. It yeah. was great what yeah, he did, yeah, but... Yeah, boys. Yeah, yeah, boys. But <laughs> not every book has to set, has to read the same way because that is going to get boring. Yeah, and I don't think rules. Doyle wanted that. No, not not at all. He he liked Christie. Yeah, and it, it doesn't make any sense to to uh, put any genre in a box. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you can't just write whatever garbage you want and expect people to read it. But rules. <laughs> Have you read some of the books? <laughs> I, I mean, you shouldn't. But I mean, rules in in media, you should find ways to not break them or skirt them or in some way redefine it because you want to give people a new experience so that's what i hated about critics of the time and of the writers that looked down on her like raymond chandler it didn't make any sense because the world that you're creating for me is a very (laughs) boring lifeless one (laughs) and i like him and i like conan doyle most of the writers with those rules that created most of the writers in the in the detective club. It when gives you, me satisfaction that you can't remember them. When you say, yeah, I, I agree. When you said Conan Doyle, in my, in my head I saw Conan O'Brien and I'm like, he Conan, wrote books? Conan O'Brien was a real jerk about this too. Conan the Barbarian too. So something that I wanted everybody to know about, um, in the, in the uh, essay about... Agatha Christie's films, mm-hmm. which was a little hard to get through because it was very, very detail-oriented. and Textbooky. I, yeah, and I, I zone out. But he wrote something really interesting about love from a stranger. Yeah. Uh, like, the first film, let's see, that anyone might reasonably be expected to have seen is the 1937 Love from a Stranger, which stars Basil Rathbone, which, mm-hmm. oddly, went on to be very famous yeah, as Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. yeah. So... It, you can find it on YouTube. It's oh, it's a thing. little yeah. It's a little. Um, is it Pizza Flicks? F L I X. I think is the name of the two, the channel. Um, they upload a lot of old old obscure movies. I but um, it, it's a little grainy. Uh-huh. The quality is kind of watery. But it was super fun to watch. Oh, I've never seen. <laughs> I would recommend. For, I've just read the story. Yeah. I had I've never read Fellow Cottage, so I was really lost. Oh, but um, cool. I think they're very different. 
And then in the, it spoils it in the book. Like, they tell you what yeah. happens. But I, it was really fun to watch Basil Rothbone be doing something else. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, like I would that. recommend watching it. It's, it's, it's fun. And it's not a typical Christie plot. I like, I, uh-uh. it's, I think that's why it doesn't have a whole lot of fame around it. Because it doesn't really. Was this a short story, right? Not a, yeah, right, not a, a short not story. A novel. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if we'll come across it in our reading or not, because sometimes that gets weird with the stories that were published in the UK, but not America and vice versa. Because mm-hmm. it took me a long time to discover that one. It was in re- in relation to the movie when they were like, Agatha Christie's Love from a Stranger. And I was already obsessed by that point. And I was like, there was nothing that Christie wrote called that. <laughs> and then I finally found out it was Filmo Cottage. And I read it. I remember reading it all in a waiting room the moment I had found out about it and, went and <laughs> bought the short story by itself like a freak. Probably eating a honey bun. <laughs> it is really funny when it comes up in the, the, the credits. It was said, you know, Love from a Stranger, uh, written by Agatha Christie. And you're like, now, I feel like I should have known about this. Yeah, there's not. I don't feel like there's going to be any Christie story that uh, people tell me about that I'm not going to know about. So if, yeah. they, if they do get me that way, I'm going to be like, oh, what? So overall, this book of essays, how did it leave you feeling? Like, I know we're not going to rank it in comparison to... Of the Christie books, that makes zero sense. Um, the, occasionally, I, there were some things I really liked that I was like, "Yes, this is this is great." I learned a few things because there was two essays. One that was the Christie everybody knew, the Christie no one knew, mm-hmm. which talked yeah, about her as where Mary Westmacott, excuse me. And then there was one all about her life, just as a person called a very English lady, and I loved that one. That mm-hmm. one was so nice, and it was written from a kind place, and it was very informative and just very friendly and like a nice tribute knowing the fact that she just passed away. And I, I love Sophie Hannah's introduction, but um, I am really happy to have read it. Um, it mostly made me angry, but that's okay. I don't, I don't mind it. Yeah, but how does this make you feel? <laughs> that makes me pretty happy. You're just showing us a meme because I guess you're looking at Instagram right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not a meme. It's a little bird. Is a bear eating a, a gourd or a pumpkin or something? And he's, he's, all, he's all chomping. He is chomping and his nose is all wrinkled up. He's so happy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, interesting that a lot of these writers I don't think are I think are pretty obscure. Maybe now. Maybe... Maybe we just haven't heard of them, but I think most of them are obscure. I'd be interested to hear if they did a modern version of this, what writers would contribute. Because I think we'd get a lot more, giving the years for people to see the full scope. I think if you took, like, the people who talk about Christy a lot, Anthony Horowitz, Lucy Foley, Ruth Ware, I feel like they would have really nice things to say. You know, it's funny because the, an Irish either newspaper or literary journal of some sort did this a few years ago i think we talked about oh it. yeah and almost all of them were so kind and talked about christy in the first book they read and they were 12 on the beach and you know the yeah. same thing like it was so amazing and then there was like one jerk who went through and said all the same mean things that the people in this one said what's just really it's mean just about a it. weird thing and to he, put in a book with her name on the cover. It, yeah, it was it was basically like, well, I don't like any of the things she did because this is what my book's about. It's like we don't want to talk about you. Yeah, if it's about you can say your Agatha Christie criticism, but in a book of essays on Agatha Christie, it's not common to <laughs> you can make criticisms, but it's weird when that's your focus, I guess. Yeah. Um, the one thing that makes me feel like, and we don't need to rank it necessarily. The one thing that makes me feel like it's not a good collection of essays is because the foreword added this year is better than any of the essays written <laughs> in the book. And I don't just mean because it loves Christy. It is just very well written and gives yes. a new angle to things of me being obsessed with Christy that I had never thought about. 
<laughs> yeah. And I think that that's a sign that, that, that they didn't do that good of a job compiling well-written essays. And again, I think a lot of people, even though she had passed away at this point, was very, very threatened by her work. And Mystery it, writers, it's, definitely. It's yeah, mostly yeah. men who, who wrote... Boys Club. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so we're not going to rank, rank these, right? No, I just have this, I, don't think so. I just have this list. I mean, we might be able to compare books about Christy, like, oh, this is the best book about Christy. Yeah, but I mean, it's not we're ranking her works. Yeah, this was this is just you know we did this for fun and for whatever. I'll put it below Big Four. Um, I, oh yeah, I forgot the whole point. I forgot that you needed to read us your essay. That you yeah, that was really rude of you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I'm trying to work on that. I know. Go ahead. Okay. So this is my report on Agatha Christie. In 1885, Ferb was born. <laughs> he was a small boy, a boy with many things going for him. This is the tragedy of Ferb. <laughs> Tra- tragedy. Tragedy. Did you write no. <laughs> I looked up how to spell tragedy. I spelled it right. I spelled it wrong the first time, and then I scratched it out, and then I wrote it right the second time. That's how I spelled tragedy, too. Tragedy. I put Tragedy. The, I put the D before the G for some reason. <laughs> put the horse before the Tragedy G. <clears throat> Green hair, purple pants, a smile that could kill a man. Can I, pa- <laughs> can I pause this and ask you to repeat the title of this essay for me? <laughs> Just so I got it right. I didn't. I said this is an essay about Agatha Christie. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm waiting for that to be true. <laughs> <laughs> Let me start this paragraph. Green hair. Purple pants, a smile that could kill a man. Ferb had it all. He made baby smile and an old dude be able to perform a kickflip. His days were spent with his brother Phineas, whose head is shaped weird. (laughs) Freak. (laughs) You know, if I had asked him to write an essay on Phineas and Ferb, he wouldn't have done it. Yeah. (laughs) This was the only way for it to happen. <laughs> it's so touching. But that didn't stop him from building things with his brother. The fact <laughs> is- <laughs> you became so much. This <laughs> weird Boy. I'm crying. Okay. <laughs> okay. One of which was a time machine. <laughs> Unbeknownst to his brother, though, he was working on something more sinister. You said he was born in 1885. S-I-N-I-S-T-E-R. <laughs> <laughs> Is that important? <laughs> no. <laughs> you just changed your mind about what that I just I started in 1885 and I said, let's make it about film. <laughs> Quick decision. Same sentence. Yeah, it was. Hmm. Um... He was creating life. <laughs> he worked for what seemed like years, but was actually nine minutes. <laughs> it was alive! He created a woman with a passion for story and an eye for murders. But he couldn't keep her there. No, she was too powerful. In parentheses, she also had laser eyes. <laughs> so, he sent her back to the 1920 to 30-ish time back. to write books. Back. Sent her back from 1880. <laughs> so this is 1920 BC. He's been living since 1885, forever stuck as a t- like a 10-year-old boy. Oh, until he, it's verb 10. 
The Feast of Fray were around 10. Are they? I think so. Oh, they were older than that. It could be. Okay. How old's Belgique? <laughs> the same age as the rest of them. Anyway. Uh, and Ferb prayed that the world would survive his mistake. <laughs> later, sorry, years later, Ferb died. By Zach oh. Hart. When you turned the page, I thought we had a whole other page. No, it's just that. <laughs> Two sentences. I ran out of space. Great job, man. Thank you. And you thought it wasn't going to be about Agatha Christie? I was really wrong. I ate a whole lot of crow. It's true. A whole plate of it. Agatha Christie origin story. Okay. Ready for my game? Yes. Sure. So I didn't talk about this uh, in the episode because I wanted to save it for the game. Um... I think one of the... Which is happening now. Yes, which is okay. in the episode. I think one of the contributing things to the fact that Christy is still such a big name is her marketing team. The marketing team for the Agatha Christie State. They do an amazing job. And I always feel like they uh, have a lot of integrity with things that they greenlight. And it's not like, you know, where they're, they, they're not doing cash grabs. I haven't really felt that way in the last day. I think they really... I've been doing cash cabs lately. Zach has been driving around as cash cab, but he has no money to give people when they win, so usually he has to make up questions that have no answers. (laughs) Right. Oh, sorry, the answer was... (laughs) (laughs) So I think the marketing team is is a big um, contributor to that. But uh, I thought it would be really fun if you guys could have a new job as... uh, employees on the marketing team. I thought I wasn't allowed to play. You are. I was joking around. <laughs> I was being a tough but fair. Oh, really? But I'm going to let you play. Oh, okay. Because I think you'll enjoy it. Um, That's nice. You guys are both, as a team, Gonna you guys are going to be the marketing team. So you guys are going to have to make decisions uh, for just marketing Christie's name. I'm going to need more coffee. <laughs> it's going to be tough. And I want a you to remember that... I'd ulcer that marketing people I think are goiter. Not- <laughs> <laughs> Gotta need a goiter. I think I don't think this applies to the Agatha Christie marketing team in real life, but I think marketing people are some of the most soulless people in the world who don't understand what audiences actually want and just think popular things will fit everywhere. So whenever Have you, you make been your- watching the new Peter Rabbit movie, he did say no. that he just watched the Emoji movie in prison. So <laughs> so that helped. Yeah, he did say that. So whenever you make your decisions as the marketing team... It's like the entire plot of the second Peter Rabbit movie, just say. You mean Hop 2? Why are you suddenly being so, so cynical about my game? Since no, no, no. I'm it, just... I was Since asking. when did you see the new Peter Rabbit movie? <laughs> did you like the part where he fell down the hill? When you haven't been in a theater for like a year and a half, you'll go see anybody. Did you like the part where he fell down the hill? I don't remember that. Because we love that co- part of the commercial. That part of the trailer was really good. <laughs> we look it up sometimes and just was, watch it. <laughs> and that was good marketing. So maybe Peter Rabbit knew see? what they were doing there. Because I laughed so hard and I never have any intentions to see the movie. But if anything was going to win me over, it would be that. It was so funny. But well, they already guy. put that in the... See, the, the problem is, is that if that part was in the movie, I would have laughed really hard and wanted to see it because of that. But in order for me to know that, they needed to put it in the trailer. But, but I've already spoiled then, yeah. it in the and trailer. And now you don't need... But to be either. fair, every time I've seen that, it hasn't been any less funny. I That's think we true. should watch it after this. It's the guy who plays General Hux. And his face as he starts rolling and can't stop. It's <laughs> honest. It's so honest and so intense. Uh, anyway, but my, my point was, you guys kind of want to be soulless. Like, you want to get... More people, you don't. You, I will have no problem. You wouldn't that. necessarily want to pick what your I've personal been accused opinion of that would so be. So many times, you're not soulless though, because you would be like, yeah, people will 
will love this because I love Sad But True by Metallica. But you have to pick something that everybody likes if you're going to be a marketing candidate. That's, that's why in the commercial we can't play Sad But True. We have to play Enter Sandman because everybody loves Everybody Enter knows Sandman. it, yeah. Exactly. So overplayed, though. Principle. I know, but <laughs> that's because everybody listens to it. It's sad. Appeal to the it's masses. like, I love metal. <laughs> it's sad, but it's true. Zach's disdainful face for those of... I don't like Enter Sandman. I don't like the Black Album. Okay. Do you like Sandman from Spider-Man 3? I think he had a lot of depth to his character that you didn't expect <laughs> from Spider-Man 3. I think Sorry. I like all the characters in Spider-Man 3. What did you Even think like of the trailer? Eddie Brock? I like Eddie Brock fine. I think he's a good host for the... the Do you like Bernard? Bernard? I love Bernard. Do you like how he examined the wounds of Harry Osborn? You're asking me this like you don't like those things. Don't you like those things too? I love everything. What did I you think Spider-Man. of the new trailer? Um... I I don't know yet. I'm just, you know, a lot of people are really hyping it up to be a Spider-Verse movie, but I haven't seen anything without the other Spider-Man, so I don't know if that's going to be real. Doc Ock, right? Right. They, they show Doc Ock, who's the same. Alfred Molina. Yeah, he's Alfred Molina. I don't know if like, they did that stupid... See, now I'm, I get freaked out by deep fake things where they, like, make people look... Younger. Because the first thing I was like, he has aged so well. But I was like, oh, I'm yeah, they probably de-age. They de-age. Like, if you watch Captain Marvel, they de-age Samuel L. Jackson. Oh. And he looks younger than that. And they did a better job with that than they did with, like, well, because Sam- Leia and Rogue Samuel L. Jackson so already doesn't look <laughs> super old. Not that, right. Leia and, and uh, Grand Moff Tarkin in Rogue One was so... Those are full CGI. Alarming. Oh, they That's not de-age. Oh, well, yeah, because Grand Moff Tarkin is dead. So, unless they... Well, they put it on somebody, but they didn't just DH, right? Right. They have, like, a guy in a suit, but then they CGI the whole thing. I think there's why two... It's weird. I think if they had all those elements going on, I think it'll be fun, but it does feel like there's too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. Like, but there's too much going on to make it work. Problem with Spider-Man 3. Too many villains. Right. They had three villains in that movie. Problem with... Uh, well, there's many problems with The Amazing Spider-Man 2, but one of them being is there was, yet again, three villains in it. When and they, they were trying to set up all this different stuff instead of just making this one movie. Right. So in this one, they're doing a whole bunch of stuff, but it's, you know, I I just... Might be too much. I I, I was a big Marvel fan until uh, Endgame, and Endgame kind of finished that whole saga that I liked when I was, you know, a teenager going into where I am now. But <laughs> after this... An adult. Into, into an adult. To a man boy. I'm not as that interested one. as I was. I think that they've they've uh, worn out their welcome. Yeah, I think they need to be doing something they still different have, than what they're doing. They still have like five hundred movies planned in like three years, and like TV shows and all this. And I'm like, well, even our DJ was like, you know what? I'm tired and I want to eat pie. I like, you know, <laughs> the Iron Man movies weren't my favorite. He was good in other movies. I liked the Captain America movies. I liked the Avengers movies. I liked the Spider Man movies. I liked. The movies. Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. The Spider-Man movies, the first two, I, I really like both of those. They're very good, but also they're they're a lot different than the Marvel movies. They're very light. They don't take themselves too seriously, and they're they're good action movies, but they're also really good comedies. Yeah. So it seems like the third one has too much going on to do and that again. I think all the best movies are either just straight-up action movies or comedy movies. Like, when you're... In general? Or of the Marvel movies. Oh. Because you have... Like, Spider-Man's, which are more or less a comedy movie. Mm-hmm. And then you have, like, a lot of people like the second Captain America Winter Soldier. And that's just a straight-up action movie. It's not really... You have, like, extra strong boys. 
But besides that, there's no like crazy powers or anything in it. It's just no like, sad. It's just voice. it's like a Jason Bourne movie. You yeah. know, just right. guys who are really good at punching each other, punching each other. <laughs> yeah, not my thing. You know, and then you have you know like the bigger, grander superhero movies, which are fine for that. But there's just so many of them. Mm-hmm. And it was it was fun when there wasn't any good ones, and then there was good ones. Mm-hmm. But now there's good ones, and you just keep making them. And I feel like it's just going to get so stale. That is a good uh, example of a cash grab. Yeah. A lot Marketing. Of, and a lot of directors <laughs> are calling Marvel out for that. They just had the thing, the guy who's doing the new Dune said, like... I feel like the the Marvel movies. I don't know if you like the older ones, but he said I feel like they're copying and pasting each other. It's hard to tell them apart. And, and Marvel fans got really mad at him, but it's kind of true. I mean, yeah, but it's you know you can be. I'm not going to defend Marvel to the end of of the world, but uh, I liked the stuff that happened before. That doesn't mean that I need to religiously love all the things to come. Right. You I hope to... the new Spider Man's really good because I like Spider Man. Yeah. But I I probably won't see Shang Chi in the Legend of the Seven Rings or whatever it is. Yeah, you know I I That's didn't for a very specific fan. I didn't watch Black Widow because I didn't care. I didn't watch either of the shows or three of the shows that were on Disney. Yeah, the the, the Loki, the WandaVision, and, and then the, they have What If now, and then they have the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Winter I watched Soldier. two episodes of Falcon and Winter Soldier, and I was bored out of my mind. I understand the premise of. <laughs> I know, I wanted Julia from hell. I wanted to watch that so bad because Julia Louis-Dreyfus is in it, but I was very bored too. Yeah. What is she in? Falcon and the Winter Soldier. She's like a new Marvel character that's supposed to be kind of like a Nick Fury type. Yeah. Oh, that's a fun choice, though. Yeah, she did a good job in the clips I've seen, but I could never get there. If I was uh, 16, I would have eaten those up. Mm-hmm. I would have binge-watched them three times already. Right. But I just don't care as much anymore. I, I, and there are oh, still. You guys are getting old. <laughs> There's still sixteen-year-olds who are going to eat that up. Next, you're going to be saying like, "Oh, there's just no good movies. Too anymore. many explosions. I, I just swear. want a nice, quiet movie like Doubt. <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah, nice, quiet. That's how I would describe Doubt. Nice. Well, it's not very nice. No, it's not very quiet either. They yell. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of yelling. But there's not a lot of explosions. There's not a lot of action is what I meant by quiet. It's mostly dialogue. Well, Meryl Streep's performance was explosive. I completely agree with you, Zach. I love that you just <laughs> said that. I burped. I, you want to know something that upset me? And the person yes. who did this is listening. I told the story. Look <laughs> at you! I told the story about how me and you saw Florence Foster Jenkins in theater opening weekend and we're the only people there under 60 and they told me that it was a very uncool thing to do. What? They said we were uncool. Who was it? What's their name and where do they live? <laughs> I will beat them. I will tell you after. Oh, I, can it, I guess? It broke my heart. I'll tell you after. Is there someone that you no, love? I don't talk to him. Well, you did at one point. Well, this was recent. Oh, okay. Is it someone that you like? Yes. Someone that I like? Yes. We're not talking about it on the podcast. We're going to play my game. And they listen to the podcast. So. We're going to play my game now. Oh, is it his wife? <laughs> no. <laughs> she doesn't like anything cool. <laughs> well, she's not a judge of what's cool. What's not. Yeah. She, probably would think she really cool. likes Lemonade Mouth. It's, it's <laughs> Yeah. She doesn't listen now, does she? Okay. Yeah. Are you guys ready to start? So remember, be a marketing exec, but don't be a cool marketing exec. Your okay. your goal here is to make money. It's for the kids. So the kids love stickers. But you yeah. also have to. Well, he'll explain it in a minute. Me? No. Uh, you. Uh, you recorded. I can't say who, but he's about to introduce himself. Big one. 
Hello, I'm Sir Kenneth Branagh. Some people say Branagh, some people say Branagh. You can just call me Kenny. We're so happy to have Zach and Charlotte on our new marketing team for Agatha Christie's estate. As you know, Agatha Christie's legacy is an ever-enduring source of inspiration for millions of young readers and writers worldwide. So please, try your best not to ruin that. Alright, are you ready for your first project? Good. Remember, you'll need to make these decisions together, as a team. These decisions will determine whether you're promoted to the title of Dame, or if you will be tarred and feathered on the streets of London. Your budget will begin with £10,000. Here is your assignment. Agatha Christie's great-great-great-great-granddaughter, Brayley, with seven E's and a Q, has an idea to promote the estate. How about an Agatha Christie TikTok? You know what I'm on about? Dancing, lip syncing, nine and whipping, you dig it? The estate's gardener, Wet Victor, also has an idea. Oh yeah, you gotta get grumbling with right here. That book poem, beans on your cockatoo. Got tip paper bite. Oh, my So, do you go with Brayley's or Wet Victor's idea? Oh, okay, so this is one of the choose your own adventures. Yes. Okay, I thought I was actually gonna market. You uh, well, you're gonna be I'm making the decisions. You're gonna be marketing Christie by making these decisions. Oh, yes. Okay. And you have to make it as a team. <laughs> so you have two choices here: Brayley or Wet Victor's. Now, here's what I have to say: is that um, if I'm going soulless, the most soulless thing that I can think of is TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. And uh, I mean, honestly. He reiterated that a lot, though. Like, you gotta be soulless, you gotta be soulless. I was just trying to encourage you guys to not uh, choose all the things you love and get through the game really fast. <laughs> so does that mean that, that Victor, even though we have no idea what he said, <laughs> is a dead end? I believe Victor is a dead end, because TikTok Victor. is... His name isn't Victor. <laughs> what is it? It's wet Victor. What? <laughs> you forgot the crucial adjective. <laughs> I, I would like to take this opportunity to just tell you how good all of your accents were there. I mean, they were they were bang on. Each one of them Thank was. You. I would was like to tell legit. you that I'm about to get wet Victor tattooed on my arm. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who's that? Like, it's the Agatha Christie State Garden. Braley with how many E's? Seven and E's. Seven and a Q. One, just one. One Q. Q. Yeah. Okay. TikTok. I'm saying because uh, TikTok is for the youth. Yeah. Who are we targeting if not the youth? Because the youth are what's important. Because the youth yeah. can nag their parents into buying them whatever they want. Yes, because the youth don't have money. <laughs> the exactly. Youth. So we're going to go with... You're such an old man. We're going with Bailey's idea? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I just, I, I'm giving you advice so I can make the game last the longest. <laughs> All right. Now, here is the Brayley option. Brayley helps you set up a TikTok account for the small fee of £1,500. But it turns out that Zach already has an account. And the username is the penguins of Radagascar underscore six. <laughs> you are unable to change the name and for some reason unable to make a new account. You'll have to find some way to get people to follow the TikTok channel other than the dope fly but misleading username. Do you hire a celebrity to promote the TikTok page? Or put in the bio, this is not actually a page for Penguins in Madagascar. It's actually about the crime writer, Agatha Christie. Alright, so you have two options there. You can promote it, which will cost money. 
or just change your body. Um, <clears throat> I'm thinking about the soulless thing to do would be just change the bio. I'm not so sure about that. Because <laughs> there's a thing. There, there's it a would save you money, but it wouldn't get you anywhere. Right, but I feel like right now we're not anywhere anyway. Penguins of Radagascar <laughs> underscore six. First off, how did you know? <laughs> that was pretty much based on true experience of the fact that I, how long it took me to the frustrations of the fact that I could not change my Snapchat username and how horrible it was. What was it? <laughs> Mr. Pants 337. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Wow. I, I don't have that now, so don't try to get me, crazy fans. I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying that soulless people, they don't care about advertising to get the most reach necessarily unless that's going to be make them, making them extra money. Now... Is our cut of pay coming out of this ten thousand? Are we getting paid a solid fee? Regardless? You're not getting paid at all. <laughs> Harsh, but any money we have left over, sure, do it goes to us. Yeah, I'd say I, a celebrity is going to cost a lot of money, probably more. And I know it's in pounds, and I wrote a dollar sign, but that's that's because fine. I'm an imperialistic I, I, uh, pig. I had to, <laughs> Kenneth Brown had to re-record his lines a lot because he kept saying dollars, it's it's dollars, 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 dollars. dollars. Dollars are bollocks! <laughs> okay. Kenneth Brannick has never said that. He has to. I read. A, I watched a whole interview to prepare for this. <laughs> I know you can't tell me some of the accent I'm giving, but Kenneth is a little uh, more chipper than I'm giving here. But. Yeah. He talks faster. He was talking with Judy Dench, and he was she was calling him a naughty boy. <laughs> it, was, it was a little funny little thing. She did say he was a nightmare to work with, but I think it was in a positive way. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. That's how British people uh, flirt. I don't see him as a perfectionist, though. Like, even if he was, he seems like he's just fun to be around. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a very he's a dad. Let's even do the, this shot fifteen his, more times, but then I'll buy you ice cream. Yeah, even his Poirot <laughs> performance is kind of like, what if Poirot was just your dad? The cool the dad. Alley. Yeah, the cool dad. Does <laughs> he have a bowling shirt? Yes, and bowling that's shoes. That's rad. But he doesn't have his own bowling ball. Uh, no, he only the coolest people have their own bowling balls. Now, I don't want to brag. But I used to have my own bowling ball. I custom ordered it in the bowling alley. Yeah. I figured that would be because it's very quiet. Anyway, that was really cool when you did the so TikTok you, thing. <laughs> so uh, you're leaning towards hiring a celebrity. Yeah. So what's your call? Woo, that was spicy. What was? Woo, I, the, the chicken tender. I paused it so no one would know that you had eaten a chicken tender. This is going to be so disorienting. Well, you know, that's life. It's disorientating. So you're going to hire a celebrity, or are you going to change your bio? Because you can't do both, unfortunately. I trust Zach's instincts on this. So I, I feel I'll support like, you, whatever you do. I feel like hiring a celebrity is the better bet, because people will find them find this account through the celebrity. Yeah. Agreed. All right. You're going to hire a celebrity. Good call, Zach. We should do both. We should change bio as well. <laughs> Rayleigh tells you that one of the blokes at school has a really, really famous dad, and she bets that he'll promote on his TikTok for free. It's TV's Frankie Muniz. He arrives the next day, ready to help your just cause. But there's only one problem. His TikTok username is KingJulianHasMyHeart underscore 76. He promotes the page, but the only people who see it are Madagascar fans who are already following Zach's page. Frankie demands £11,000 
and Zack has to sell his pancreas to cover the extra charge, but dies on the operating table. The reputation of Agatha Christie, King Julian, and Zack's surgeon are left in tatters. You lose. So, I was right <laughs> the first time. So you did physically die there. Only you, though. Yeah. Well, you, she wasn't willing to sell her pancreas. You died on the operating table. So way to go. So when did my pancreas still get sold? Uh, I guess. I don't know the full details. That was hilarious. Yeah, because then you could still have <laughs> you could still have the money. We are back with food. Um, so uh, Zach, you just died on the operating table. Did you guys want to go back and choose to change the bio? Yes. Yeah. Alrighty. This is gonna be enjoyable. Here, yeah. chomp. Listening to them eat <laughs> wings. Alrighty. Those are better than I expected them to be. Ready? Yep. You update the bio of the TikTok to say, "This is not a page for penguins of Madagascar. It's actually about Agatha Christie." The next day, the page has millions of subscribers. You are trending, baby. The Agatha Christie marketing team is anxious to see your next move, given this exciting information. So do you post a video of Zach dressed as Poirot doing a TikTok dance? Or do you make a sponsorship deal with Ben and Jerry's ice cream? All right, so tough oh, call. Man. Everybody loves ice cream. Yeah, but everyone loves TikTok dances, especially on TikTok. That's <laughs> true. Your audience on TikTok would probably appreciate a TikTok trend. Okay. And Zach is pretty good as Poirot. We. Oui. Well, if we're supposed to go against our instincts, then my instinct would be ice cream always, so it must be wrong. You don't need to she go against your instincts. She got so much to it as soon as the food came out. <laughs> she had to like... She well, had, if I have to go against my instincts... She had two before. She did not like me telling her what to do. I think it was just the altitude she was cutting the chicken with. Oh. Well, she was doing this, too. I'm enjoying my food. Well, we want you to enjoy life, too. Okay. And the game. And taxes. I, I'm enjoying And working the game. with Zach. Oh, yes. Okay, now, what TikTok dance am I doing? That's up to you. You're gonna if you choose that you'll have an opportunity to showcase that. <laughs> now I have to think if I know any TikTok dances. I'm like what? That's not a trend though. Well, I guess if I have millions of followers or subscribers, as you, you make call your them. own trends. Um, yeah, Kenneth Branagh doesn't know how TikTok works. <laughs> 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 not my call. Um. I don't know. I feel like we need to. We just need to try out our options. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. Success isn't born overnight, unless you change your bio <laughs> name, which everybody immediately finds for some reason. <laughs> that did save the day when their name is Penguins of Madagascar. That <laughs> was a shocking turn of events. It was. So which I, is why I told you to go against them. Which is why I think we should go with Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Because I think the instinct that we would have, generally, of what would be successful is to follow a TikTok trend. When, however, um, 
And I don't even think Ben and Jerry's has anything to do with TikTok. Like this is like, no, it's just like a sponsorship to be like, go eat at Ben and Jerry's, right? Uh, <laughs> go get Poro's uh, secret fudge. Like you make TikToks while eating Ben and Jerry's. Talk, you just like say it, and they pay. Oh, so I'm gonna get money from those. Yeah, that's how that works. Like Anchor pays us to to put our Anchor ads at the beginning. Gotcha. I would know that, but I don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> and you haven't got a dime from it yet. I haven't. But I am a dime. You are a dime. You so might be I've a dime. My water. I feel like what's going to happen is that, um, being fair to Christy, that like we're going to start like bumping each other off so we'll have a bigger cut of the $27 or hey, something. Do whatever you want, guys. <laughs> hey, that's like two trips to Burger King. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you think? I think Ben and Jerry's. That's what I'd like to see happen. All right, let's see how Ben and Jerry's goes for you lovely folk. The deal with Ben and Jerry's ice cream is nearly signed before an alarming news report sweeps the nation. On the Penguins of Radagascar underscore six TikTok account, an earlier video was found from 2009 where Zack smack talks the Queen's wardrobe at the coronation at 1.30 in the morning while eating a cold hot pocket. (laughs) Ben and Jerry's pulls out and the royal family sues you both. In the middle of the trial, just as Zack is taking the stand to defend his opinions, a pack of ravenous wolves storm the courtroom and maul Zack to death as well as three-fourths of ABBA that was serving on the jury. You lose. What the? <laughs> <laughs> right, so you want to unpack that? Of all of the, uh, <laughs> okay. the colorful ways that you're going to die in this, that one was pretty uh, pretty intense. Now Josh assured me <laughs> in the beginning of this that he doesn't like killing me in violent ways. But so far, I've died on the operating table. While give, while selling your pancreas. I've been attacked by a pack of ravenous wolves. What? Last time, only I died. Well, this time, me and half of ABBA died. Three-fourths. Three-fourths of ABBA died. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad rap. I'm sorry. I'm really shocked at how good those... Uh, those are not tater tots. Those are potato puffs. Excuse me. A little pretentious, but okay. That's what um, makes them taste better, is they're pretentious. So, where where do you think you steered wrong? Do you want to just go back and do the other option there and do your Poirot TikTok dance? I guess that would make sense, because um, that's the other option. <laughs> uh, I feel like we're deep down this track already. Mm-hmm. To go all the way back to the beginning would be a mistake. Yeah, and I guess you could see how this goes. And, you know, if you win, we'll still listen to what happens if you listen to Wet Victor. And if you lose, we'll obviously have to go back to listen to what Wet Victor says. Right. So we are going to let Zach do his Poirot TikTok dance. Zach, in this, it's going to there's going to be a call for action. I will point to you when you need to do what kind of Brana tells you what to do. Okay. Great for a podcast. Listen to Kenneth Brana. It'll be good for us, mostly. Zack does a killer dance dressed as Hercule Poirot. 
It goes a little something like this. The next day, you have three billion followers. <laughs> wow! I believe that. This new spots scheduled up, and an offer to run as president of the United States. Charlotte, the decision is now yours. Do you run as TikTok Poirot's vice president and use the campaign and possible presidency to promote Agatha Christie's legacy? to a young American audience? Or do you listen to the psychologist that has sent you numerous letters warning that the line between Zack's personality and Poirot's personality has become hair thin and it's only a matter of time before he has a complete mental break and becomes TikTok Poirot for good? But is why that is a that bad, a bad thing? thing? <laughs> yeah. Why, why is that a problem? It might not be. It's just... I mean, I've just Kenneth Branagh is just pointing out that you have received these letters. He's not telling you what to do. Now, I don't think that TikTok Poirot is a bad thing, but I don't believe that we could receive any more black spot poetry, blackout poetry. <laughs> black spot. The black spot. So you would um, not. You don't think it's a bad thing if Zach was lost to. We didn't have Zach anymore. And if he was just TikTok Poirot. Now is TikTok Poirot. <laughs> Different than regular Poirot, or is he the same as Poirot, but he does TikTok dances? He has the Poirot personality, but he regularly breaks out into TikTok dances at all times. Which was very impressive, by the way. I do. I love your TikTok dance, (laughs) uh, or your TikTok theme, or whatever it is. Because it's been been playing in the background. Recurring motifs. This is an opera. It was was, uh, gaslighting you that Mm -hmm. whole time. Because you're like, I feel like I know this song. But um, then again, it's your choice, and I'm going to give more. This is for you because there are. in this universe, Zach doesn't know these letters exist. Okay. So the psychologist so is concerned. Maybe you're not concerned, but the psychologist is definitely concerned. Yeah, but what's that option? Like, it just said you choose to acknowledge them. Like, what you does acknowledge that mean? them uh, so you would bring that information to Zach and say, "I have these concerns about pursuing this career." That this might have this to you, you know, should we seek some help? Should we stop it? Should we pull back? Pretty much it's two sides of the coin. One side, by electing or like, you know, by having him run as president as TikTok Guaro, that's kind of going all in. But the other one is saying, should we pull back? I guess really the choice is, do you encourage me to stay as TikTok Guaro? Or are you trying to get me to not be? (laughs) Right. TikTok Guaro. I don't know why I would ever not want you to be TikTok Poirot. Well, because maybe you want me to be regular Zach Taylor. Okay? Yeah, I, I feel like you guys are really, really <laughs> discrediting how much we I'm, like Zach. And I'm not anymore. I'm just going to hurt. <laughs> I mean, I'll go if you want me to. I'll put on the mustache if you love me that way. <laughs> no, I was just Im- impressed with TikTok Poirot. I don't feel like he could exist without Zach. <laughs> If you oh, feel like he does. And, and, you know, that's just warning from a psychologist. That might not be true. He might be able well, to handle it fine. Think about it. It's kind of like how at, the, how at the beginning of this section of 2001 A Space Odyssey, how is just regular AI. Yeah. But by the end of it, he's jettisoning. Jettis? Jettison. Jettisoning? Jettisoning. Jettisoning. Yeah. Um, the act of to jettison. Yeah. <laughs> 
He's shooting the people in the space. <laughs> or at the beginning when those monkeys revenge. play with those bones. It's the same thing. It's literally the same thing. That was an interesting reference, Zach. Yeah. Uh, Wanda's Space Odyssey. Thank you. I saw it once with you. We watched it together, and it, it takes a while to get good. It's good when it's good, but it, it it's a long walk to the park. Yeah, we watched, <laughs> we watched the monkey part, and it wasn't good. The monkey part is bad. The rest of it is good. And then the end part with the universe is kind of like, okay, this is cool, but it's not a movie. But that middle chunk is good. Yeah, I remember being, yet again, the same amount of baffled that I was at the end of Howl's Moving Castle. <laughs> at the end of that movie. Yet when, again. <laughs> when a giant bubble baby shows up. That, that is weird. I still like it up to that point. I just don't like when we look at all the different colors of space for like 20 minutes. Yeah, that's <laughs> weird. So as badly as I have always, always wanted to be vice president... Um, because you have a lot of power, but everyone ignores you, and they don't know what you're up to. And you love Julia Louis-Dreyfus. <laughs> um, I, I don't want Zach to think that I don't care about him disappearing into the uh, into the multiverse. This so, is really um, sweet. I Although... Will, I will say that I will... Uh, I do assume that if I was elected president, I was going to be assassinated. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you think that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel called out. <laughs> So you're going to pick... Nice cat. You're going to pick him to listen to the psychologist? Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he wants us He's to so to disappointed. One. So disappointed. So I'm going to play both options just because you said that. <laughs> really nice call there. Um, but I do love that my game has, instead of driving a wedge between you, has brought you guys closer together. I do That's appreciate true. that. So <laughs> let's first listen to what would have happened, I'll pick randomly, if Zach would <laughs> run as president. Zack gets assassinated in the first day of his presidency, and Charlotte gets really into pantsuits. You lose, and Charlotte is tarred and feathered in her pantsuit on the streets of London. So that was a, that was a good case. <laughs> president of the United States got assassinated. I don't give you all the information in between. Like, okay, before I was attacked by a by a pack of ravenous wolves <laughs> in and I and in court and I died on the operating table, but this was just generic assassination. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't want to give you all the details, we don't have time. So, Zach made a good call and you made a good call. So let's listen to um, what would happen if you approached him about the, um, the dangers of, of pursuing this. Charlotte decides to confront Zach about his commitment to staying in character as TikTok Poirot 24-7. Character? I do not comprehend. I am Matthew Poirot, the greatest detective in the world. He responds. Oh no. Charlotte thinks. I'm gonna have to kill him. That's the only way. <laughs> she tackles Zack, pinning him to the ground and bashing his head into the pavement. Zack, barely conscious, grabs at his Winnie the Pooh alarm clock and clubs her over the head, knocking her off. He pulls out his matchbox and lights matches and drops them on her one by one. As Charlotte slowly catches fire, she locks Zack in a tight embrace until they both are smothered in flames. With arms locked together, they plummet off of a nearby cliff into the rocky sea below. Minutes later, they both crawl onto the beach, every bone in their body broken, but they are still alive and eager to begin the next project for the Agatha Christie marketing team. 
before a pack of ravenous wolves mauled them to death. You lose. At least Abba's safe. Yeah, Abba's unharmed in that scenario. Is all of Abba still alive? Right now? I think yeah. so, because they're putting out new music. What? So, um, yeah, sorry to say... Uh, I'm a little concerned about how he views us. <laughs> You've only died once. <laughs> okay? I've been killed four times. Well, let's not get upset. Um, so, going with Rayleigh was Rayleigh, the wrong choice. Rayleigh's idea only leads to death. Okay. So, But now you've seen that to fruition, and you know how you guys would react if Zack could not separate Poirot and himself. TikTok Poirot. I, I have to say... There was a good impersonation of me doing an impersonation of Poirot. <laughs> Thank you, there's but, a lot of layers of acting there. <laughs> but you forgot the integral thing when I do my Poirot impersonation. Mona me? Mona me. Uh, I'm really sorry. <laughs> that was actually Kenneth Branagh, though. So Kenneth Branagh was doing Okay, so that was your impersonation of Kenneth Branagh doing an impersonation of me doing an impersonation of Poirot. I understand how you forgot the Mona Kenneth Branagh would have researched it and known that that was what Zach always did when he was his Poirot. To be fair, uh, I had a gun to <laughs> Kenneth Branagh's head while he was recording this. Can you hear uh, the tears streaming down his cheek? Okay, because no, so, he's a professional. So would yeah, you guys he wouldn't like, have been afraid. I don't know why you're attacking me, guys. <laughs> oh, gee, I think we feel slightly threatened. I'm the one threatened. who brought it. Why do you feel threatened? I'm just opening up the options for you to pick. Uh, do you guys uh, just want to uh, now go down Wet Victor's alley? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I guess podcast over. Uh, thank you for if you were ever offered <laughs> to go down wet Victor's alley, <laughs> say no. Run for your life. Blow <laughs> the whistle. <laughs> of PSA to you kids out there. Oh boy. <laughs> oh. I apologize for how that was worded. Would you guys like to listen to Wet Victor? <laughs> Not much better, but... You can't Nothing make, good comes from White Victor. You can't really put White Victor in a sentence and expect things to go well. This episode's gonna be a minute and a half long. And explicit rated for violence yeah. and mentions of Wet Victor. <laughs> Would you like to go with his option? Yes. <laughs> All right, now. You made it a big point that we had a $10,000 budget, but so far we haven't used it any money. It hasn't mattered at all. Because every option has been free or less than that. <laughs> because I liked at the beginning you were taking notes of how much money you had left. Do you realize that you just either die or don't? You don't go bankrupt. Um, I just want to put it out there before we go down. I love you guys, and I don't ever have violent fantasies about you. Uh -huh, yeah, I assume sure. that those were mild compared to what's about to happen. Oh, no. <laughs> Why would you say that? Because you warned us at first, and then you had to give us a second warning. <laughs> so, you, yeah. so you think the, the... I'd say the brawl between you two was probably the worst thing that I wrote. I can't believe you would think that even consumed by TikTok Pro Row, I would... Risk hurting my Winnie the Pooh alarm clock. <laughs> I know, that was stupid of me. Alright, so uh, let's go ahead and go down. Let's go ahead and uh, go with Wet Victor's option. Okay. After spending £1,200 to have Wet Victor's message translated, you find out his idea is to have a major band record an Agatha Christie theme song. But how do you find the right band to do the Queen of Crime justice? Do you put an ad on Craigslist.uk? Or do you hang out at the Hard Rock Cafe 
until you see the right band to talk to. Alright, there are your options there, so now you know. Now, uh, this is the path to success, just how do you get there? Now, here's the thing. If you're going to say, why would bands hang out at the Hard Rock Cafe? That's exactly what I was, <laughs> yeah, going, that's to what I was going to say. In this universe, that seems like a wild thing. Maybe Kenneth Brana thinks that they <laughs> do. Kenneth Brana thinks they do. He's like, well, Hard Rockers hang I out I will there. tell you, if you go to the Hard Rock Cafe, there will be bands there. In this universe. In that universe. Yeah, not in real life. We've been there, and there were no bands that I saw. No, it was really lame, and the food wasn't The food was stuck, yeah. Oh, it was really expensive. Yeah. <laughs> it's expensive, and it stunk. It was it, it stunk and it was expensive and it stunk. I'm gonna really. Did I mention how bad it stunk? I'm gonna have to pull out of that sponsorship Stink too. It. <laughs> do, do you mean like it stunk as in this this you know this stinks like it's no good or like did it have an actually bad? Yes. Smell? Yes. <laughs> the first one. Um, it didn't smell that great either. <laughs> I don't remember it smelling that great, but I don't think it smelled bad. No, but it wasn't good food, therefore it didn't smell good. Yeah, it didn't smell like good food. I mean. Sometimes it wasn't good, man. It's it stunk basically, (laughs) and it was expensive. Did I mention that? Okay, all right. Now that that funny bit's over, (laughs) hilarious. I'm gonna cut out the game and just play that. (laughs) It's probably funnier. Ouch. Yeah, I know it hurts. You know, he knows my insecurities and he plays on them. Yeah. Um, I just don't know. What 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 could I go with? Craigslist always ends in murder. Just but saying. it's .uk. That's true, and here's the thing, is the UK is the place uh, to go if you want to not get murdered. British people have usually aren't known to murder people. No, no, no never. Jack the Ripper? Nice guy. <laughs> Might have been a velociraptor, if primeval was to be considered. It's true. Yeah. Um, I don't have any other information about him. <laughs> no, I, I tend to not take in information about Jack the Ripper. I think it's, it's you know, it's overdue. <laughs> it's overdue. Tell that to Jack the Ripper's victims. You got me there. That was pretty uh, harsh of me to say. I think we should put a cr- add, add on on Craigslist <laughs> because nowadays I feel like that's where the bands, you know, there's 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 an overwhelming. Um, pool of bands to try you know, to get that, your information. Yeah, now that you yeah. mention it, that's how uh, the band, the record company, got together. It was Craigslist. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I guess this game has some merit. Here, here's a, another fun fact for you, in, in a similar vein, but before Craigslist was out, um, Iron Maiden was looking for a third guitar player, and they put an ad out in the newspaper that said, uh, wanted guitar player uh, needs to be able to rip occasional guitar <laughs> solo. And then they hired him on, and then the day after that, they got signed to a record label. Oh my gosh. It's funny when major celebrities like put ads in papers. It's also <laughs> funny when we say all the options. It's, 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 do it's funny when we talk about Hard Rock Cafe. Yeah, Betty Davis put an ad in the paper about looking for a, uh, like a performance after she had been nominated for her third Oscar. <laughs> okay. So we're going to take an ad on, on Craigslist? Yeah, that's what you want to do. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and say that is the right decision, but I'll play for you what would have happened if you had gone to the Hard Rock Cafe. But you did make the right call. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Here's what would have happened if you had gone to the Hard Rock Cafe. And I remembered that it was not, it didn't go well last time. You sit out at the Hard Rock Cafe, waiting for any band to arrive. Charlotte sits there with her binoculars, sipping 
on a cherry cola. Zach skims the menu. I'll have the unlimited egg rolls, he says. Charlotte gives him a concerned look. Zach, we are on a stakeout. Please don't get the unlimited egg rolls. He responds, it's fine, <laughs> as he orders the unlimited egg rolls. Charlotte shakes her head in dismay and turns back towards the door. A group of four hungry-looking Swedish folk enter, and Charlotte overhears one of them talking about the love of volunteer work and the love of the Queen of Crime, Agatha Christie herself. Charlotte turns to Zack, who is now on his 15th egg roll. Zack, she says, we need to go talk to them. I think that might be Abba. One second, Zack says, stuffing three more egg rolls in his mouth. 26 egg rolls later, Zack signs the check, leaving a very ungenerous tip and says, okay, I'm ready. He stands up, but his knees buckle under his newfound weight. He falls to the ground as a pack of ravenous wolves storm the restaurant, mauling Zack and three-fourths of Abba to death. You lose. <laughs> but that wasn't your decision, so you made the right call. So it's kind of like... Um, when you have egg rolls in your mouth, you're basically wet Victor. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So you remember the the recurring theme in our uh, Bob Mittens episode was that the bowling balls kept killing yeah. people. And this one, the bag of ravenous wolves, <laughs> don't, let, don't let up. So I, what I want to know, is the same one quarter of ABBA survive in all the scenarios? Or is it a different member each it's, time? It's always random. It, it okay. more depends on which one has had a Big Mac the most recently. Oh, okay. All right, but you put an ad in Craigslist. That was the right decision, so I'll go ahead and... So, as we're on the right path, I'll play for you the opposite version if you do the right thing. I, I will say that I had a couple egg rolls yesterday that were <laughs> to die for. Where? At Hard Rock? Uh, Chinatown and Winchester. Ooh, okay. Oh, they do have... Is that the little one by Staples? No, it's um, uh, near Costco on that end of town. If you don't turn like to go oh, to Costco, that place. and you go straight, yeah, and it's like next to Joey and Fabric or across yeah, yeah, the street yeah. from it, yes, they have dang good egg rolls. Oh, wow, good to know. Would you have eaten twenty-seven of them? I might have. <laughs> There's no way they would give you unlimited. No, well, they probably unlimited. But most, I places probably most places, places. they probably just like give you one and then just be like, all right, now give me another twenty-dollar bill, and then you get a second one. They were two dollars an egg roll. Wow. I think Hard Rock only offered the Unlimited because they found like 70 in the back of their fridge and was like, oh crap, we got to get rid of these for the health inspectors here. <laughs> and they get me in there. <laughs> the problem Call that. And honestly, I have bad knees, so this is not far-fetched. <laughs> they might buckle, they might buckle. So you're going to put the ad, let's see how that goes. You put an ad in Craigslist UK. Wanted, a sick, nasty, rocking awesome band to write and record a song for us about the Queen of Crime, Agatha Christie. The next day, you get two eager responses. One is from the American band Weezer. The other from the classic rock band Van Halen. Which do you choose? Weezer or Van Halen? So you have like, you know, pretty equally skilled bands there with Weezer But here's Van the question, Halen. is Eddie Van Halen still alive in this scenario? Yes, this okay. this is set in uh, 2016. 
<laughs> or whenever TikTok started. Okay. Um, so, here's what I'm going to say. Van Halen's a better band, but Weezer already has a song about books. Oh, have you heard it? No. I'm going to need to remember to play it for you afterwards. It's called Grapes of Wrath. It made me so mad. It is so okay. awful. I actually read, I never read it. I actually read Grapes of Wrath sort of as a retaliation against the song, <laughs> which didn't, it kind of like, this is on you. Kind of, so this is on it you. It kind of proved its point that like it talked about it and then I read it. So if its job was to be marketing for John Steinbeck, if, if the same scenario happened with John Steinbeck, it worked. Crank that audible. Grapes of Wrath. That's part of it. Yeah. Okay. That's in the course. Crank that audible. Okay. Grapes of Wrath. Who cranks that audible? You said it to well, one the whole song. And you leave it. The whole song is kind of about how he's a loner, puts his headphones in, and listens to audiobooks all the time. But he never like goes through any of the details of the books. Like he mentions Grapes of Wrath, Mrs. Dalloway. It's not about that. It's about oh, I'm such a smart, cool guy. Okay. No, it, 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 he's quirky. Okay, it's, he's ooh. He's not ooh. I'm and Grapes ooh. of Wrath does not lend itself to be the subject of a Weezer song. Murder by death? Heck yes. Yeah, but not Weezer. Maybe of mice and men. Stick to in the garage, boys. Stick to in the garage. Or in the garage. Garage. In the grapes of wrath. Anyway, so you won't Weezer or Van Halen. I picked Weezer because of that song, and for another reason. I'm assuming because they have linked a a pack of wolves. (laughs) No. Now, I can imagine a pack of ravenous wolves following Van Halen around, like like on the bus. But, um, but they're part of the tour. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. David Lee Roth is under complete control at all times. <laughs> he controls wolves with his mind power. Yes. So, he's the a, so this isn't a scenario where David Lee Roth is the one and not Sammy Hagar. Well, David Lee Roth became was again the singer after... In 2016, though? Yes. Okay, well, this is set in a year, a year where we don't know which singer it'll be. Because okay. <laughs> I'm assuming it's going to be <laughs> Sammy Hagar. And I'm not saying there. anything. It might be a third singer none of us have thought about. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry this is going on a long time. <laughs> I'm just sinking lower uh, into the... She's just sad that we're still here at her house. No, no, no. She's I, sad I... That, that she's still playing as the marketing exec. She's going to be really sad when she figures out how long my second uh, tabletop game is going to be. Oh, no, I love the tabletop games. I think they're fantastic. Ouch. Ten hours. What? What do you guys think? Weezer or Van Halen? My vote's Van Halen, but it's probably wrong. I gotta, uh, yeah, I gotta go Van Halen. That was a great call, but I need you to listen to the uh, Weezer thing, because that's the whole reason I made this. <laughs> it's the whole reason you made this? Every thread leads to this Weezer clip that I'm about to play. The band Weezer shows up to the Weezer studio. As they pull up the driveway, you hear that they are blasting the Blue Album, which, by the way, is their own album, in their minivan, and Rivers Como the lead singer, is riding in a car seat. They enter the studio and begin to record. Suddenly, you hear a distant howling. River's singing has attracted a pack of ravenous wolves that break into the studio using the key that they copied. They tear the members of Weezer to pieces in front of your very eyes. Zack decides that the only way to call for help is to shoot up a flare inside the studio. 
but it burns the studio down because he's not outside. The Weezer estate sues for millions. You lose and are both tarred and feathered on the streets of London. So I, they were still singing I, the whole time. They were like, eating my I missed I miss the ending because I was too busy listening to Joshua's cover. Of, uh, my name is Jonas. You set up a flare, but you were inside. It burnt down the studio. Right, right. Uh, and and then Weezer sued Weezer you. sued you. But they died from a pack of wolves. Weezer's estate sued you. Okay. Then they continued um, to say, well, maybe they were screaming for help, but it just sounds like they were still singing because there's no difference. Right. Well, this isn't all told chronologically. <laughs> uh, so you guys made the right call, obviously, with picking Van Halen. The only reason at the beginning I told you it would be soulless because I realized, oh, they might pick Van Halen immediately. And, like, I thought you were going to pick Wet Victor because you're like, Braley's idea sounds stupid. And then immediately, like, well, yeah, Van Halen. And then we were going to win really quick and not get to hear any other options. It's one of those things that where you have it in your mind what, like, you, the object that you want to get to. Right. But the other people have no clue mm-hmm. that you can't, like, force them into. The more you try to right. make it happen, the farther away you push them. But once I was done, I realized, wait a minute, every decision that they would make, which would be the right decision, is going to lead to them being done in about 12 minutes. And they're not going to hear, uh, they're not going to hear Weezer get torn apart by wolves, <laughs> because that is the reason why I made this, is that I wanted Weezer to be torn apart by wolves in front of your very eyes. That makes sense. I didn't die in that scenario, though. No, you just set up a flare and burned down the studio, but you were fine. You were tarred and feathered, but you were alive. Yeah, but I didn't right, so and feathered before. Let's listen to uh, what happens if you had uh, responded to uh, Van Halen's ad. Van Halen wants to sign up, but it's your choice which singer you use. Choose wisely. Sammy Hagar will do it for the cost of $5,000. He's very eager. David Lee Roth will do it for free, but he does have rabies. So do you pick Hagar or Roth? Okay. So yeah, kind of, kind of tripped up there. Dollars, 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 dollars. Now, <clears throat> make one then, here we here we go into a debate. Who's a better? Van <laughs> here we Halen go again. Singer? Here we go again. That who's a better? Good. Who's the better Van Halen frontman? David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar? Sammy Hagar is a better singer. David, David Lee Roth, Roth is the better, better frontman. Yeah, yeah, better Van Halen. Yeah, because rock is not about how good of a singer you are. David Lee Roth has that presence. It's like Mick Jagger. It's a, a voice, whether or not you think it's good, it's completely unique to that band. And they have right. such a great sound with David Lee Roth that they don't have with Sammy Hagar. And it's not a completely Sammy Hagar's fault that the music just sounded more 80s by that point. It's because it was in the 80s. Right. <laughs> that would have happened with David. There are even some songs with David Lee Roth that sound 80s. But yeah, and David Lee Roth in the 80s was, let's not get into that. He had rapes. <laughs> but... But the sound of Van Halen so, before that era was much better. It's been a pack of ravenous wolves the whole time, right? Not a pack of rabid No, these two are completely ever Like, once they maul David Lee Roth, though, then, then they will be rabid, then you're gonna have rabid, problem. and ravenous. So, yeah, just keep in right, mind. But if, if, you have David correct Lee Roth in, if I was correct in my prediction, David Lee Roth controls the pack of wolves. Oh, yeah, that's right. If you are correct in that. Which I'm definitely not, because I'm going to die by a pack of wolves again if it's See, the last thing I do. I feel like they all look like that wolf over there, and it's fine. Uh, for those at home, there's a, a fluffy wolf that Charlotte won't stop talking about. His name is Carrie Elwes. <laughs> it all comes together. The pieces are fitting like the pieces of a puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> 
what is that? Uh, maybe Nobody instantly knows. think of Andy Samberg. Yeah. That was excellent, Andy Samberg. I didn't think of Andy Samberg because that was intelligent. <laughs> so if I was Andy Samberg, I would have uh farts. <laughs> That's exactly what I was gonna say. Skateboard farts. <laughs> but Zach was like Neil deGrasse Tyson, who's a very irritating human being. <laughs> but Zach was cool. I was like Mike Tyson. I will You were like uh, Tyson's chicken. Fingers. I think you should I was like Tyson's corner. I think you should make this choice. Best place. I I know David Lee Roth has rabies. <laughs> what? We all know. I want that that one clip to be the intro to every episode after this point. <laughs> I know David Lee Roth has rabies. I get sued by David Lee Roth's estate. There's uh, only estate sewage. Tonight. I know. And I don't mean sewage. Is it? <laughs> They're all crap. <laughs> I have to go with David Lee Roth because I think I think he's good. I like him. I knew after I made the game, like, Zach's going to pick David Lee Roth because he's better. So I was like, dang it, they're going to get to the end because Sammy Hagar is the wrong choice, but I'm going to go ahead and play it for you. Sammy Hagar and the rest of the band arrive at the studio. You pay him and he tells you he's ready to jam. But before he enters the studio, he wants to see Zach alone. Charlotte is concerned and she watches around the corner as Hagar gestures emphatically and Zack nods contemplatively. Later on, Zack approaches her with tears in his eyes. What's wrong? She asks. He responds, Meatloaf needs a kidney, but he can't afford it. <laughs> I had to give Sammy the rest of our money because he's gonna help Meatloaf. He's gonna take care of the whole thing because Meatloaf can't die. I love Meatloaf. Hagar peels wheels, and you're left with no money at all, no song, and Meatloaf dies on the operating table. You lose, and you are tarred and feathered and then flogged on the streets of London. Wow! Here's, here's the thing. I've been having a bad day. What the <laughs> I had a dark day when I wrote this game. really rough. I mean... First it was just us, now it's everybody. It's Ava, it's Meatloaf. Well, the interesting thing about that... keep adding things? The interesting part is that Sammy Hagar was conning Zach, but Meatloaf actually did need a kidney. <laughs> she had nothing to do with... <laughs> he used Meatloaf to get the extra money from us. So... I'm sorry about the violent nature of this game. Yeah. It's only now kind of dawning on me about how much death is in it. I mean, every other choice is death. I can see him sitting over there at one point when it was, oh, when it was our our death struggle. And then he was just like, his eyes were darting. He's like, oh, wow, I was just hearing this out loud for the first time. It was like when Steven Spielberg, uh, you know, after Temple of Doom, he was like, sorry, I had a rough patch there when he wrote that movie. <laughs> rough week. <sighs> yeah. Thing is... Uh, this in this reality, I'm not saying Zach in that reality, but Zach in this reality doesn't love meatloaf that much. Josh keeps <laughs> acting like I love meatloaf that much. He asked me one day, I want you to love meatloaf. He asked me one day, Would you rather either have a stable job that pays your bills for the rest of your life and you never have to worry about it, or be the lead guitarist in with meatloaf and tour with them. I remember that. And yeah. I said we I'd rather have a stable job that pays my bills for the rest <laughs> of my life. Not on the podcast because you were so square. He, he, he thought it was gonna, like such a challenge. Like no. it was. I know Zach this is going to be so hard for him. I know Zach doesn't love meatloaf, and that would not be a tempting <laughs> offer for him. 
I just thought maybe he'd pick it. Like, maybe if it was a band I loved more. But, like, not even that, because I just want to watch the band and not play with not, and not And have a stable job is something that's nice to me. Yeah. I'm sorry for making it sound like you love meatloaf to people. Well, at least you just gave him the money. Like, I, I thought where that was going was that you gonna were going to give kidney. him your kidney and you died on the operating table. <laughs> I realized, like, they got to lose their money in one of these scenarios, because that's supposed to be what it's about. All right, so... Uh, and instead, it turned into a death fest. I'm very sorry. I, I could cut this whole thing. I really... Now, in my, in my head, the only thing that I don't like is that every time someone dies on the operating table, no wolves are involved. <laughs> that is a moment. They try but to keep the wolves out of the operating that is a blind. I'm, that is a blind spot. I have a conspiracy theory. Oh? Well, the surgeons are the wolves. Oh. Think about it. That's deep. They want the patients to die so they can eat them. And who wouldn't love a nice piece of meatloaf? <laughs> wow. Are you ready to listen to what would happen if you picked David Lee Roth? Yeah. <laughs> David Lee Roth shows up to the studio, foaming at the mouth. He's ready to record. You hesitantly enter the studio. The drummer counts them in, and the jam begins. Yeah, we're running a little bit hot tonight. I can barely see the book from the heat coming off of it. I reach down on my bookshelf when I grab a paperback. She's writing, I'm reading. The guitar licks are so sick. That it makes Eruption look like the Johnny Test theme song. Roth sounds as melodious as ever. You make millions. You win. Wow. You guys won. <laughs> Easily. Yay. It's not like we accidentally went through every... Oh, no, we didn't. <laughs> no, I just I just played it. You only went through the Braley thing, which was the wrong road. Really, you just needed to get to David Lee Roth to win. It's kind of how life is, you know? It's true. <laughs> Even though he was foaming at the mouth, he really pulled through. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And I apologize. Like, once again... Or the gratuitous final. You don't know what's about to come to you in that next game now, John. <laughs> I only want, I just like I just like killing you and I, I like life. though that the whatever happened, Zach and I stuck together and looked out for each yeah. other, whereas when it was Zach being the game leader and it was you and me, every possible opportunity we well, were stabbing each other in the back. That's because I gave him free will. We don't have free will in this scenario. I, I wanted you guys to be a team. That's what Kenneth encouraged. <laughs> when I chose the role of Nick Cage, I chose the role of Chaos. I can't control it. <laughs> it's true. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm uh, sorry about it, killing you off. It, it was fun. Um, I just want to say, Zach, be really careful driving home with him. I don't have any desire to see you die in any of those ways. I just like writing about it. <laughs> I believe you, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a book called uh, 50 Ways to Kill Zach. <laughs> Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Can no. I get an advanced cop? It's awful. Oh, wow. What did I expect? So next oh. time, 
We're going to be uh, reading one, two, buckle my shoe. Oh, are we? Yeah, the Christie book. Also known as, what's the other alternate title? The Patriotic Murders or oh, An yeah. Overdose of Death. That's one of the few ones oh my that gosh. has three titles. Wow. That's None insane. of them are that good. Overdose of Death is interesting, but Patriotic Murders and One Two Book of My Shoe, I think, are bad titles. How much do you think is an overdose of death? Any guess? <laughs> I mean, that game, a, a bit of an overdose of death. <laughs> it was definitely. I probably should have cut it off with just ABBA. There was. Um, this is the dentist one, right? Correct. Okay. We'll talk about it next time. That one's a wild ride. <laughs> Maybe Zach will watch the movie of that one, because the movie's also a wild ride. With the creepy, creepy little girls creepy singing song, that. Creepy song, yeah. yeah. Um, seven, seven identical little boys. <laughs> yes. That's never really... Uh, a pack of ravenous wolves. In order to sign out, um, what should we do? Zach, do you have any ideas? <clears throat> Agatha! 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 Agatha!